Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. We give you all the honor and we give you all the praise in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, open your Bibles to Matthew 18. And we want to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto the church because I believe God has a word for his people on today. We just need to open our hearts and hear in our ears. Amen. Matthew 18, beginning at verse 19 and verse 20. I always say, it's good to have tablets. It's good to have phones. But if the internet go out and they shut down, that ain't your Bible. So you're always supposed to have that word with you. Amen. <laughs> we give God glory for the word. Matthew 18, verse 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. You may be seated. God is always on time. And I know the majority of us know that he's always on time. But our ears have to be open to hear what God has to say unto the church at all times. And before I get a word or give a word, I wait on the Lord to hear what God want to do. And then when God tell me the word, I say, okay, God, you're telling me what you want me to teach on. He want me to teach on strength in numbers, strength in numbers. And there's a reason for all things. And we as the church need to come together and we need to be on one accord in these evil days. And the enemy is trying to divide the church because the divided house will not stand. And what the enemy does, he work on the inside, outside. This is what he do. He come inside the church to tear up the church so you can't go outside of these walls to give someone what you have learned from God. So that's his strategy. A divided house will not stand. So when the Lord was giving me strength in numbers, I'm going to go first back to the beginning of what the Lord was showing me. But if you look at verse 19 again, it says, again, I say to you, he's saying this again. If he's repeating himself, there is a reason for him doing it. So we have to ask the Lord, okay, God, you're saying this again. So it's something that you want me to hear. Now, some people may already be aware of 
we have been here before. But God will take us back to a place that we have been because sometimes we can get out of place as a church. And God wants us to be able to hear what he's saying unto us so we can get back where we need to be. He said, again, I say to you, who is he speaking to? He's speaking to us. He's speaking to everybody in this building. See, the problem is when we go into the word of God, we look at it as him speaking to people back then. But he's speaking to us now because it is written and it's not going to change. So we have to take the word of God for what it is. He said, again, I say to you that if two of you agree, let's talk about agree. Agreeing means you're harmonizing. That means that you own one accord. That means that there is no division amongst you. See, you can't even come before the father and disagreement. You cannot come before the father with a lot of stuff in between you going to the father. Because we know that Jesus have already done this on our behalf. Jesus have already paid the price for us. But in order for two people to agree, they have to have the same mind. They have to be on the same accord. Both of them have to be seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things. And then all of these things will be added unto us. You never touch and agree with someone that don't know what the word is saying. You never touch and agree with someone that just have head knowledge, but ain't no heart. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. We got too many people touching and agreeing with people that say they know the word, but they're not being about the word. I'm, I'm talking this morning. See, we're wondering why our prayers are being hindered. It's because we got too much hit and miss in the church. What do I mean by hit and miss? Just because you snot a little bit, just because you cry a little bit, just because you roll on the floor a little bit, just because you screaming out scriptures, that don't mean you know what the word is saying. When you know what the word is saying, you coming into agreement. You have a connection. You, you have a relationship. You in fellowship with that word. So you just can't touch and agree with anybody because they're quoting scriptures. Whatever you quote, you got to be living, y'all. You got to be standing on what you can quote. So he's saying, again, I say to you that if two of you agree, that means you coming into union. That's what number two means. It's a union. It's harmonizing. You believe in the same thing. You're doing the same thing. There's no division. He said on earth, heaven is already in agreement. Where God is, is already an agreement. But I have to go back. Holy Spirit, so good. I'm starting at 15. I'm in the same chapter, but I'm going to start at 15 and get down to 19 because all that go together. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Y'all hear that? Moreover, if your brother sins against you, against you, not nobody else. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He said you. He didn't say nobody else. So I don't need to go tell somebody else what my brother done. Go and tell him his fault. 
his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take take with you one or two more. Y'all, it's going to line up now. I'm going somewhere. Take with you one or two. Here go two. One or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuse to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuse even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. A heathen is somebody that don't know God. A heathen is just a sinner. Then it says, surely, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, what God is telling you is everything that he tell you to do. First of all, you got to be in agreement with him. You got to do what he's telling you. Then once he tell you, you go carry out what he's saying. That means you in agreement with God. He's telling us if we have anything against anyone, we go to them first. Then if they don't accept us, we go back to them with two or maybe three witnesses. So it can be established what was said. Then it goes on to say if they won't hear two or three witnesses, then you take it to the church. If they don't hear the church then guess what they are? They're just like a heathen. But then he said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. See, heaven and earth have to be in agreement. So we first have to agree with God's way, not our way of doing. We can't be out of agreement with God and think that we're going to connect hands. Y'all got to understand how this is connected. You cannot go into prayer when you ain't done what God told you to do, when you ain't been to your brother, now you going in to pray. He can do the little sata God. That don't work. Because there's no agreement. He said the only way you can bind and loose on earth, if it is sinking with what I told you to do. Uh-oh. Then he goes on to say, again, That's why we're at there again. I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it would be done for them by my father in heaven. He said it got to be an agreement here. You got to come together here. You got to be on one accord here on earth before heaven can connect. He said, I'm not connecting with earth if it ain't lining up with heaven. If it ain't lining up with my word, I'm not connecting. You can bind and loose all you want to. If it's not coming into sync with what my word says, I'm not connecting with that. So we got to be in agreement. Two people got to be in union. So I said, okay, God, I'm understanding what you're saying. I'm understanding that I just can't come to you any kind of way, even though Jesus done everything that he done and it's already mine, it's already available. If I got anything in my heart, that's not right. I need to get it right and line it up with the word because the devil's going to bring a blocker there. 
It's going to keep me from receiving and believing what's already mine. So you're telling me what to do before I come into agreement with anybody. Because it's going to hinder what you have already done. But we have problems to, to think. See, when we get on this pride trip, let's talk about pride. Tripping with pride. When we get so prideful, we, we want to stay up here and we don't want to come down. So some of us don't want to apologize because we think we're right in everything that we do. But God's saying he resists the proud and he gives grace unto the humble. That means I don't like what you said. I don't like what you did, but I'm going to do what God tell me to do. I'm going to humble myself in spite of, because I'm not going to walk in pride. Because pride brings stubbornness. It brings rebellion. It's a sin of iniquity. It brings witchcraft. So I'm not going to walk in that. I'm going to humbly submit myself up under the mighty hand of God. And then he's going to exalt me in due season. See, I got to follow the word no matter how I feel. No matter what my feelings are saying. No matter how angry I get. I ain't let the sun go down on my wrath. So I'm going to say, you know what? Sure you're right. I'm going to humble myself. Forgive me. If I said or if I done anything that have offended you, that was not my purpose. But I'm not going to get off what the word says. I'm going to keep doing what the word say do, but I'm going to humble. It's all in where you've been and who you've been with. It's all in where you've been and who you've been with. Ask your neighbor who you with. Say for real, who you with. Say, because it's not about you. It's all about him. Say, it's not about how you feel. It's all in what he's done. So then the Lord began. Y'all, I'll sit there and I said, wait a minute, Lord. Wait a minute, Lord. Come on. Connect me because you're talking about two coming together in union, agreeing on the same thing. Then the Lord took me back, y'all. To where it began. Go back with me to Genesis. I'm taking you somewhere. When he took me back to Genesis. And we know what God done in the beginning. In the beginning God. So when you look at God. You look at Elohim. You look at the creator. He's the one that created everything. He's the one that made everything. One God. Three persons. Because one God. Y'all get it. Hold on to that one. One God, three persons. Now, let me tell you what the number one means. One, one, it is independent of any other. It don't depend on no other. Catch it. Yet composes them all. Come on, y'all. One don't depend on no other. But yet all of them is in that one. Oh, I'm, I'm taking some. I want y'all to catch it. One God, three persons, but all of them is in that. Come on, let's do it again. One God, three persons, but it goes back to. But all of them are doing what? Working up under that. Y'all catch it. It's, it's gonna, the wind going to blow in here in a minute. 
Come on, we're going to have some jumping jack flash up in here. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, 4, hear, O Israel. And I'm going to say, hear, O Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries. The Lord our God is one Lord. That's the first thing you got to get. Besides him, there is no other. Besides him, there is no other. He was here before anything was here. He is self-existing. That means he ain't dependent on nobody. One Lord, one God. And everything else is dependent upon Can we say it again? Everything else is dependent upon Now ask yourself, who are you dependent upon? Come on, let's be real. Who are you depending upon? Is it your husband? Is it your wife? Is it your money? Is it your children? Is it your dogs? Is it your cats? Who are you depending upon? Because all of that goes back to one God. Catch it. Catch it. One God. Uh Uh-uh, this wind getting ready to blow strong in here. I'm going to tell you why, because some of y'all right now sitting in your seats is waiting on somebody to do something to make you feel happy. Some of you sitting right here want somebody to love you right. Want somebody to pay your bills. Want somebody to act right to you. Come on, I know I'm talking. You want somebody to do something for you, but it all goes back to one. Him. Get your mind off of what you want somebody. They cannot complete you. It goes back to him. Them sweet nothings die out after a while. Sometimes they blow it in your face and you like, brush your teeth. Get some mouthwash. But God can blow on you all day long. And it's a sweet aroma. Come on, somebody. So it go back to. I want y'all to hold on to that. It goes back to one God. That's what I want y'all to hold on to. One is not dependent on the other. The others depended upon. Okay. So y'all see that in the first part of Genesis. It say in the beginning, God, it was not nobody there. He was there. He created everything. Now I'm going to skip through. Y'all know he created everything. But then when we get to Genesis 1, 26 through 28, then God said, let us. Ooh, working together. It was one God and three persons. Now God is talking to us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Man was not going to be like anything else God made because man was coming out of that one. Y'all better hold on to that. Man was coming out of that one, which is God. They're going to have his likeness. They're going to have his characteristics. So we know they're spiritual beings. They're made in the image of God. He said, let them have dominion. 
Let them rule and reign and have authority over everything that I have created. Come on, God was setting it up. Y'all better come on. He said, everything I have created, I want them to have dominion. I want them to have authority. I want them to reign. I want them to rule. Come on, they got rulership. They're going to be my ambassadors. They're going to be my representatives. They're going to represent me here on this earth. But the Bible says, let us make them, that's male and female. God brought it out in 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. Ain't that true? It wasn't male and male and woman and woman. Come on, I'm doing it God's way. Come on, we got to be on one accord. See, the church, churches are not on one accord. Because it's coming out of the will of God. So how can I agree with you when you're trying to tell me that it's okay for a woman and a woman to come together and a male and a male to come together and you want me to touch and agree because you in that state, the devil... I'm going back to the beginning, how God intended for it to be. And some of us are touching and agreeing with that. I'm just telling you what we're saying. So he created them, male and female, in his image, in his likeness. God ain't going to bless no mess. The Bible says in 28, then God blessed them. Then God blessed them, male and female. Both of them got the same blessing. What no difference. God blessed them and God said to them, he was speaking to both of them, be fruitful and multiply. Now, last time I checked, I ain't never seen a man be pregnant before. And men, if you know, like I know, you wouldn't wish that on yourself. Some of you can't even stand up in the room when the woman is pushing it out. You faint. So how can you carry a baby and you faint? And ain't the way God. (laughs) Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. He said, fill the earth and subdue it. Master over it. That's what subdue means. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. We got that, right? So God created them male and female, but they were spirit beings. So what God had to do in order for the earth to be taken care of, he had to form a body to put on earth. So we know in Genesis 2, 7, and the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now I want y'all to catch this. This is man. I'm back to one. Man, it was one man. And inside that one man was everything God needed to do to do what he called forth. God put in that one man, it's one God. We start with one. Everything that needed to do what it needed to do on this earth was put in that one. And everything that was put in that one, that come out of that one was dependent upon that one. I'm going to prove it to you. So we know what he did. He formed man. He breathed breath into his body. Man became a living soul, that spirit, soul, and body. He put him in that garden. He gave him commandments. 
He, the command he gave him, y'all know this, don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When you eat from that tree, you shall surely die. He had him to call forth the animals by name, to give them names. But he saw that he didn't have nobody. That Adam needed somebody himself. So what did God do? He took one rib. He go, but one. Took one rib. And out of that one rib came a woman. The woman came out of who? That man. One man. Every race is in that one man. Y'all got to understand what I'm saying. Every color that was needed to fill this earth. Come out of the one man. Y'all better come on now. So we don't want to call it when it comes to black and white, Mexican, Japan, whatever you want to call it. So how can you agree with somebody that's disagreeing that we come out of one man? Uh Uh-oh. Nobody want to hear that. Just because they know, say they know the word, but they ain't agreeing that all of us come from Adam. Holy. Yes, we did. And I'm going to prove it to you. So y'all know what happened. After Eve come forth, Adam acknowledged. Now check this out. God needed that woman in order for them to be fruitful and multiply. So that woman and that man were one. It was two, but it was still one because she come from that one man. It was two, but there was still one because she come from that. And it's one God. Y'all better catch this. You better catch this. This is where we miss it. If you always go back to Genesis, you won't have a problem with the rest. You got to start in the beginning to get to the end. Because everything coincide. So Eve come out of that one man and that man recognize this is flesh of my flesh. Bone of my bone. So I shall call her woman. Because she come from that. So y'all know what happened. Adam had headship. This is where headship come from. Now, I want to break this down, too, because we're talking about their strength in numbers. But when people are not on one accord, you don't have strength to hold each other up. This is why the church is splitting up, because people are not knowing the same thing. They're not on one accord with what the Bible says because they've been indoctrinated with this false doctrine. They've been indoctrinated with what they got to do to get God to do. That's the law. So see, if you don't go back here, you ain't going to get what what Jesus done. So we see what happened. Adam was head. He was headship in that family, but they had the same rights. Understand what I'm saying? They had the same dominion, but I missed something. Y'all, God has said this. I got to go back to this. God said, let me find the verse. Let me find the verse. Oh, Genesis 2.18, listen at this. And the Lord God said, who said? Who said? It is not good that the man should be alone. 
I will make him a help meet for him. Do y'all know what that means? One who helps. One who helps. What is she going to help him with? Carry out what God gave in the beginning when he said he gave them. He didn't say, I'm giving man the right to rule and reign. But he said, I'm giving them the right to rule and reign. So that means the male and the female has that right. You got men out here today dominating women and saying they don't have a right to speak in church. They don't have a right to preach. They don't have a, see, that's a bunch of mess. Somebody got to do it. (laughs) So look what happened. So Eve was with Adam. Both of them had the same right. She was there to help Adam carry out what God had already said, right? So we know what happened. The enemy came in the garden. I want y'all to catch this. The enemy was in that garden. He used God's creation, what God had created. Everything God created was good. So I want y'all to know, just because you saved don't mean that the enemy won't use you if you let him. Just because you saved does not mean that the enemy will not use you. Now, let's just be honest. All of us in here has been used by Beelzebub in some way, shape, or form. Some of us have said things we shouldn't have said. Some of us have went places we shouldn't have went. Some of us have done a lot of things we should not have done. Some of us have lied. Some of us have stolen things. Some people say, I ain't stole nothing. Why you take a pen and you knew it didn't belong to you? You didn't bring it into church. Why are you taking it out of the church? So some of us have done some things that we should not have done, but we're still born again. And the reason why we're still born again is not because of us. It is because of Jesus. So we look at this. Adam, he knew what God said because God gave him the command because he was headship. That means that man in the marriage should bring the word of God in that marriage. That man should honor God to the place that he's teaching the word of God to his children, to his wife, to his children. So that home will be on what? One accord. Y'all, I'm still talking about script and numbers. I'm going to talk about marriage a little bit because I can't leave it out. When God created that male and female, he created them to be fruitful and multiply. That means in marriage, not outside of marriage. Now, let me tell you how people are touching and agreeing in the church. They know people are in fornication. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it. They know people in fornication. They know they're doing things that they don't supposed to do. They know they've been living what they love for 20, 30 years, so they call it common law marriage. Come on, somebody. But that ain't God's way marriage. So they're in the church, and the pastor knows they're in the church living any kind of way, and they're calling them up and say, touch and agree with this person. Touch and agree that they will love their husband. What? How can somebody touch and agree for somebody to love their husband, and they're sleeping around with somebody else that ain't that? That's out of order. Come on, some of us has touched and agreed with this mess. 
And we wonder why the devil's in the church. Because we're doing things outside the church. Come on, we got people doing things in the church. We got people making beautiful melody. But they ain't where they need to be in the church. Okay, we ain't going to go there. We got these things going on in the church. That's why we got to have counsel. That person might be in a struggle. But we want to sit them down in that struggle. We want to counsel them. We want to get them to the place where they can be in the Lord so they can do what God called them to do. Not just put them on the choir because they got a beautiful voice. We want to let them know what the word says. That's going to your brother. So we see what happened. God gave Adam the command. Adam gave Eve the command. Then Eve was telling the devil the command. But then by her looking at what God told her, you cannot eat that. By her looking at it, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, anything that you look at too long, anything that you lust over too long, you're going to end up being prideful and say, I can have that. What's wrong with me having that? You got a wife. That's what's wrong with you having that. Won't hurt this time. Let me explain something to you what it means, one. This is why when you get married, you're supposed to be a virgin. In a virgin state. Everybody know what a virgin is. A virgin is a nunny. 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 Meaning that neither one being with none. So when they hook up, And they're born again. It's like Holy Ghost fire. Why? Because you're going on what God's saying to do. Y'all go through the Bible. These men didn't get with these women. They were betrothed to these women. They were committed to these women. But the marriage wasn't consummated until they went together. Anybody reading that word? So this is what God was saying. He said, okay, y'all coming together in union. Even though y'all won one, you're going to come together in union. And as you come together in union, you're going to be fruitful and you're going to multiply. That's what they did. But she ate from that tree. And this is where she messed up at. You know they won, right? So old Eve ate from that tree. She said, here, honey, this is a good old fruit. So Adam knew better. Adam wasn't deceived. Eve was deceived. So Adam said, if I don't eat this fruit, ain't going to be no peace in this garden. Ain't that what some men say? If I don't do this, thank you, Lord. Let me, let me tell you about me and my husband. husband. I'm reminded of this the other day with my husband. He looked at me like, I said, uh, I had to get the house clean. He was out there doing the cars. He was doing his little thing. And I'm in the house now where I am in the house. I'm right here in the word. And I had so much going on, had so many calls coming in and all of this. So this is what I asked my husband. I say, if you have time, do you mind helping me? Um, you know, do a little, he said, no, I said, okay, good. 
So later on that night, <laughs> it was about time to go to bed then. My husband come in there. He done took his shower. I said, what you getting ready to do? I'm getting ready to clean these bathrooms. I said, why are you cleaning these bathrooms this late? I don't want to hear your mouth. I said, excuse me. <laughs> that sound like Adam? We, we got it situated because I told my husband, I said, no, you're not going to clean no bathroom this late. I get them bathrooms tomorrow. We got back on one accord. I didn't get fussed at him because he said he didn't want to hear my mouth. I, I just said, you ain't clean no bathrooms tonight. I'll do it tomorrow. We back on one accord. No hard feelings. I just use that, y'all, to let y'all know. See, it happens in our house too. But the only problem is we get it right. So we see that Adam ate the fruit. When he ate the fruit, both of them saw that they were naked. Now I'm getting somewhere. Remember, everything that they had was good. And it was very good. There was no evil in that garden. But one thing I can say, they were still on one accord in sin. So you can be on one accord in sin. You can come together in sin. And guess what? Things are happening because you on one accord. That's how the enemy twists the scriptures. Both of you can be in lust and praying together. You ain't doing nothing but allowing lust to flow through your home. So we see that sin came into the world. I did that to go where I'm going. Then we go back to Romans. Check this out, y'all. In Romans, listen what it said. Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as through one man, I'm going back to one, sin entered the world. How did sin enter? Are we back to one? What come out of that one man? The whole human race. So because of that one man, listen, and death through sin and through death spread to all men because all have sinned. Through that one man. The whole human race got polluted. Through who? That one man. But guess what, y'all? Don't stop there. 519 says, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made what? Sinners. So also by one man, which is Jesus, I'm going back to one. Obedience, many would be made righteous. Everybody understand that one, right? Everybody understand it's one God and three persons, but it always go back to one. So when I went through that scripture about when two come together, two or three, God's in the midst. You got to be on one accord. You got to be born again. You can't have a sinner and a saint coming together in prayer. Hear what I'm saying. You cannot have a sinner and a saint coming together in prayer. Because that sinner is not born again. That sinner don't know what the word of God is saying. Y'all better quit telling sinners to pray, not unless they're going to pray the sinner's prayer. In that case, none of us need to be saved. In that case, all of us can go to God and don't get saved and just pray to God like something's going to happen. Come on, the church is, is, is messed up. Some of the churches are messed up. We're telling people things out of the will of God. So now that we established what, where I was going, it all began with who? God. It all began with his way of being and his way of doing. 
We cannot agree with mess. We can love people, but we don't agree with their mess. Because when you reward evil for good, evil do not leave your house. It's the word. When you reward evil for good, evil does not leave your house. Come on, I don't want evil in my house. If I'm in the wrong, my husband better jump on it. If he's in the wrong, I'm going to jump on it. So wait a minute, not in this house. As for this house, we're going to serve the Lord. This is not going to be in this house. There's strength in numbers. When I'm down, my husband lift me up. That's how it's supposed to be in a marriage. When you're on one accord, when you're seeking the same thing, seeking the same God, when both of you are in the word of God, sometimes one may be down. The enemy may be attacking that one. That's when that husband come in and lift up that wife. That's when that husband come in and encourage that wife with the word and vice versa. But if you got a mate that's never in the word, that's doing other things, you can't touch and agree with that. Because you're not on one accord. I told this before. There was this evangelist and she loved the Lord and she always went to church. But the husband didn't want her to go to church. Now, wait a minute. Why would she forsake fellowship as the word said and the husband telling her to stay home? She got to obey God rather than man. So she kept on going to church. She cooked for her husband. She did what she needed to do for her husband. But she was not going to dishonor God because God was before that husband. You cannot make your husband a God and dishonor God. You cannot make your husband an idol and get out of the will of God. So she went in the room and she began to pray one night because he was on the battlefield, not for the Lord. She went in the room and she began to pray. And as she began to pray, the Lord said, open the door and say, devil, get out of here. She opened the door and said, devil, get out of here. The husband said, you talking to me? She said she ain't seen him since. And it lined up with scripture. It says, if the unbeliever want to leave, let him leave. Come on, she lined up with scripture. He left on his own, so she's a free woman. Y'all better know what scripture is saying. Lord God is good. I ain't finished yet. Because when the Lord said there's strength in numbers, when there's strength in numbers, you got to be on one accord. You got to be walking together. How can two walk together unless they agree? So then the Lord, after he gave me all of that, God took me through the Bible dealing with one. Y'all catch this. Y'all know that there were Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel, right? But then God, Abel was that righteous seed. When he killed that one righteous seed, guess what? Adam and Eve end up having Seth. See, there was an ungodly line and there was a godly line. So they had self and self was the godly line. But that godly line ended up messing up with the ungodly line. But there still was one that was godly. And I believe that was Noah, right? So God had those seeds coming through. It was one man. And through that one man, he ended up producing another godly seed. Y'all better catch this. Catch it. You get to Abraham. So God said, I'm going to use Abraham and we're going to become one nation. A one nation is going to come out of Abraham and then it's going to get to who? Jesus, one man. Y'all catch it. 
See, when you understand what the word of God is saying, everything will begin to come together. It will begin to sink. He had to get to that righteous seed, which was Jesus. And you know God came from heaven down here to earth. And we know what God did with Mary. See, you got to go through the Bible to know what happened. So then when we um, get to that part of it, we see that Jesus came and he walked the earth. He was that one man, right? So check this out. That one man had to die. Why did he have to die? So all of us can become righteous. So all of us came through that one. See, everything had to revert. So now Jesus had to get his followers. He had to get learners of Jesus Christ, right? So he had to teach them the way of the kingdom. He had to show them God's way of being and God's way of doing. And he had to be the example. So Jesus was bringing the kingdom of God to the king, to this earth. So what he did, he showed them God. He showed them God's way of doing things. So when he left, guess what? They were learners of Jesus Christ. So what did he do? He sent them out by twos. Y'all, back to two. He sent them out by twos. Why? They're strength in numbers. That means that if one is going through, the other one is going to lift them up. They're going to be witnesses one to another. Everything is following the Bible. So getting back to the church. We're the church. We're followers. First of all, we got to be disciples. We got to be learners of Jesus Christ. We got to have do what he done, his attributes, his characteristics, so people will know that we're from above, right? That we're ambassadors, we're representatives. So we have to be taught the things of God. And this is what God does. He raised people up and he put them where he need to put them to do what he would have them to do. So I'm going to go to this scripture because it's ringing in my ear. Go with me the first Corinthians. The 12th. First Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Verse 12. Listen at this, y'all. I got to go back to something else. Hold that thought. I'm going right back to marriage. In marriage, it is two persons. It is two people, but they're one. And those two people got to be on one accord. And they got to do according to what the word of God is telling them to do. When you come together and you get married, some of us get married for the wrong reasons. Some of us get married because we want somebody to take care of us. Some of us get married because we may pop up pregnant and the church tell you, now you got to get married. Some of us get married because we want a beautiful wedding. We want to look good. We want everybody to see us, hear us, and be attached to us. Some of us get married just because we feel like that's who we need to marry. But the first marriage starts in heaven. It starts with Jesus. And when that marriage starts with Jesus, what we want to do is to make sure that our relationship with him is so tight that no man, 
no woman would take us from who we have attached to. The Bible say, whoever is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. As he is, so are we in this world. We got to know him to the point that we ain't dependent on that man to complete us. We ain't dependent on that woman to complete us. We are, our first dependency is on that one God. In him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. See, when we depend on that person, we make that person our God. We make that person do things that we think they need to do to satisfy us or to make us feel a certain way. But I don't know about you, when I fell, when I really fell in love with Jesus, I love my husband, but I fell out of love. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my husband, but I loved him more than I loved God and didn't know it. But when something hits you, and I mean it hits you to the point that your husband or no man or no woman can move it from you, you're going to go back to that one God. You're going to go back to that God that you heard about, that people were talking about, that was instilled in you when you were young, but you didn't choose that God. You choose everything else above that God because you thought the world had everything that you needed. You thought the world could fix what was going on with you. But when you went in the world to get fixed, the world couldn't do it. The man couldn't do it. The woman couldn't do it. Things could not do it. You realize the only one that can help me is God. So the more you come into fellowship, first you got to have a relationship being born again. But once you get into that relationship, you begin to go into fellowship. You recognize and what you depended on can't help you like that one God. So you begin to go into that fellowship with God and he began to share with you who you are now that you in Christ and what you have now that you in me. When he began to show you his benefits that no matter what happened in your life, he said, I am the good shepherd. He said, I am that I am and I'll be what you will have me to be because those men can't cure you. But God said, I already cured you of everything because I'm Jehovah. Jehovah Rapha, I am the God that healeth thee. I am Jehovah Nisi, I am victory. I am your banner. I am Jehovah Shalom. I am your peace in the midst of a storm. I am Jehovah Tuskanu. I am your righteousness. Come on, when you begin to develop your relationship with God, you let everybody go because God will do you like nobody can. Come on, when you get intimate with God, come on, when you get so intimate with him, come on, you say, now I have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. When I learned about my Jesus, it didn't matter what this man did. Because no matter what he did, nobody could fix me but God. We holding on to too many things and too many people. Then when we get in trouble, we fall back to God. But when we get 
church. It's too many people dying and they don't know Jesus. Why? Because the church don't know him like they need to know him. Because when you know him like you need to know him, you ain't going to be in the midst of mess no more. You ain't going to let them disrespect your God because he's in you. The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but that way leads to death. And you got a lot of people going on what seems right instead of going on what the word of God is saying. You just don't touch and agree because somebody called you and said, can you touch and agree with me? My first thing is, what am I touching and agreeing with? What are you standing on? What is the word saying to you? Because I can touch and agree all day long, but if the word ain't in you, you're going to go back to the same thing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I hear the Spirit say, People are making my word like night quill. Y'all know what night quill do, don't you? Huh? Knock you out for how long? Make you feel good for how long? But then you wake up with the same symptoms. God said, I ain't night quill. Dang who I am. Somebody must be overdosing on night quill. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. By Jesus Christ, I'm healed, Lord. He said, I ain't night quill. So God is saying, I'm going here. First Corinthians 12. 12 through 13, I'm going here. For as the body is one and has many members. So he's using a physical body, y'all. It's one body but have many members. We have two arms, two legs, two eyes, two ears. Look, it's in twos. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. They got to work together. If you have one arm, you can get no help from the other. Right? They're not working together. She had one eye. <laughs> I got to turn around. Hey, man. <laughs> See? Everything, have, he put it in twos to work together to be in union. We have two kidneys, right? How many hearts we got, though? Wonder why. So we see that he said that there are many members, but all the members of, of that one body being, being many are one body. Y'all get it? So also is Christ. So we got to look at it like this. All of us in the body of Christ that is born again, we are one body, which represents Jesus, right? But God sets things in order in the church. One body, but many members, and those members have different functions. I'll give you an example. This is an example he gave me. He had me to use the school. When you go in the school, you have one school, one big school. 
But inside that school is many members, right? But when you look at that one school, that one school is dependent. Is it the superintendent or above? I don't know how that's ranked. Superintendent. Okay. So they're dependent on that superintendent, right? So when you go down from the superintendent, you get the principal, you get the assistant principal. The principal have to make sure that everything in that school runs accordingly to how it's supposed to be laid out. Is that correct? All right. We have one school, but it's many members. You have the secretary, you have the teachers, you have the uh, assistants to the teachers. Come on, everybody got somebody to assist them. Ain't that in twos? You got to work together. Why would they have a principal and then have an assistant principal? Because when that principal is not there, the school can still run with the assistant principal. It's always somebody to pick somebody up. So it can still run like it need to run. This is how it is in the body of Christ. Some people have it mixed up. The foundation is Jesus. So the foundation for that house, first of all, got to be laid. It's Jesus. You cannot put walls in a house without the foundation. Some people in the church is building walls and putting roof, but it ain't no foundation. Because you don't know who he is. If you don't know who he is, you will not be able to build upon that foundation. So you got some churches out of order making deacons over the pastor. You building wrong. Deacons are servants. They are there to serve. They are there to assist the pastor and whatever else the pastor needs assistance in. Even Moses, he had Aaron and Ur, right? They held up his hands. They were assisting him. But Moses was the mean man that God was using to get done what needed. Y'all better follow what I'm saying. See, we got the churches out of order. We got parts of the body everywhere that they don't supposed to be, but we got to come into alignment the way God wanted it to be. Ain't no deacon supposed to be over no pastor. Ain't no deacon supposed to be electing and telling who a pastor's supposed to be. God is the one that choose. Now, he may tell them this is the one I want. But there's not their place to tell them what to preach and what to do. We're out of order. Ain't no, ain't no agreement. Do we wonder why God is not in some places? Because God said I ain't a part of that mess. That ain't how I act and react. So we see that the body is made up of many, many members. We have people in the body of Christ that have gifts that God has given them. We have gifts of givers. We have a lot of people with different functions that have to stay in their lane in that function because if God ain't called you to pastor, you don't supposed to be in that lane. If God didn't call you to teach, you don't supposed to be in that lane. You can teach, but that don't mean you're a teacher. If he didn't call you to be a prophet, quit prophet line. If he didn't call you to be an evangelist, we can all evangelize, but that don't mean you're an evangelist. If he didn't call you to be an apostle, don't be putting a, a, a title before your name because you got to understand these giftings. And they were put in the church for a reason so the body could function. Yeah. Listen to what I say. 
so the body can function. Bodies are not functioning because people want to be in places they don't supposed to be. When you go through the Bible, you see the apostle Paul. This is what our apostle do when they pioneer. You're going to know an apostle when you see an apostle because apostle is when I went through all of them. Apostle know from the top to the on down how the church should run. You're going to see an apostle doing things pioneering that you ain't going to see nobody else do. Look at apostle Paul. Apostle Paul set up the churches. He went in the churches. He taught the churches. He was a teacher. He played, he was in those roles. He taught the church how the church should be. But guess what he did? When that pastor was appointed for that church, he left that church to that pastor. Then he would come back and check the church to make sure the church was running like the foundation was laid. Come on, somebody. When you don't know this, it's people in the church trying to run the church. But don't know how the church should run. When you don't know these things. That's when the vision is in the church. That's why the devil is coming in the church. And causing havoc. Because people are out of their position. Trying to do something they shouldn't be doing. It's time for the churches to get in position. And quit trying to be celebrities. All over the place. Snapping pictures. I ain't see, nobody don't even know what Jesus looked like. But you don't see him on Facebook. Hey, I'm red today. Hey, I'm blue today. Oh, by the way, I'm white today. Oh, I'm black Jesus today. Hey, I lost weight. What that got to do with the commission? God don't care if you're fat, you're small, whatever. He just say, go out there. And preach, proclaim, but you can't go out there until you talk. That's why he called the fivefold. See, everybody has a position in the body. When one get out of order, it messes with the whole body. It bring chaos to the whole body. So you got to stop and get that one back in order. There are one body, but many members. And when we learn how God does things, we won't have so many isms and schisms in the body of Christ or what people thinking that they know, but it's never in the word of God to know nothing. And get mad when you bring correction. It shouldn't happen. So God is saying today, he want us to be on one accord. First and foremost, My sons, my daughters, pay attention to my word. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And they are health to all flesh. So God want the church on one accord. That way. We can strengthen one another. When one is down, we can lift the other up. We can help them get through what they're going through by giving them what the word of God says. That's how they are strength in numbers. 
But when you're putting somebody down that's already down, you're not on one accord. We want to strengthen our brother when they're weak. We want to build them up so they can be strong. Why? Because we're in a warfare out here. There's a fight out here. It's a spiritual warfare. And the only way we can get through it is through the word of God. Take your mind off of this stuff that's going on in this world and put your mind on the things of God. He says, set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Set it, keep it set. And if you keep your mind set on him, everything that you word about God has already worked it out. God has already fixed it. God will give you peace even in the midst of that if you do what the word of God is telling you to do. We cannot grab hold to what God has given us. It's because we're grabbing hold to too many other things. Everything we need is already in you. Everything you need is already in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That same spirit will bring life. Will quicken your mortal body. But if you don't know what you have and what Jesus have done for you. Then the devil is going to wreak havoc all over your life. This is why the first thing we must do. Is call on the Holy Spirit. And say Holy Spirit. Remind me what the word of God has to say today. Let me know what Jesus, the word, is saying unto me today. I need the word more than I need anything. So when we do that and we come into alignment with the word, we're not looking to get something. We're knowing what we already have. We're already the heal. So why are we begging for healing? Because we don't know what we got. We don't beg for nothing. We command it. When you know what you got, you command it. I know I had called Verizon. I was telling the evangelist Newton about it. Y'all, they got on my nerves. So my husband told me, there's a way that you talk to people. Hey, how you doing? This is Amanda Bryant. I'm having a problem with my bill. Oh, well, let me help you, Miss Bryant. Thank you so much for helping me. But when you call in for two whole weeks... You're going to get an authority in your voice. Look. I have called you for two whole weeks. And I need my bill fixed today. Now, my husband told me, you sound angry. No, you ain't been with me for two weeks. You can say I sound like I won't. They're going to give me my money. Because I know what belonged to me. When you know what belonged to you, you ain't going to talk to no devil like this. Now, devil. Oh, devil. Please move, devil. No, that devil act like he laughing at me. I bind you in the name of Jesus. And I want my money. And I ain't getting off the phone until this is resolved. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Devil try you too. Trusted them folk halfway though. That was a Wednesday or two, one day. Next thing I know, you know how you get. 
feeling and it don't come from the flesh but come from the Holy Spirit, call them. Them jokers, as Brother Willie say, jokers, done charged me for a phone I don't have. Hadn't given back my money, didn't give back my money. And then going to increase my bill. Oh, devil, you playing with the wrong one today. Mm-hmm. And then going to make me think I'm crazy. Y'all, I'm still talking to word because the devil do this. They make you feel like you crazy. They make you feel like you owe them something. I don't owe you nothing. Well, ma'am, you've been with us for 19 years. Uh-huh. That should tell you something. If you want 19 more. Fix my bill. That day, God sent me an angel. She worked with me. She got the bill settled. Gave me my credit, which they supposed to have done two, three weeks ago. What am I saying? Y'all, this ain't no game. You're in an evil world. God has given us authority. He's given us right to reign and rule. You ain't got no time to play around and being in places you shouldn't be in because you cannot hear the Holy Spirit the way you need to hear him when things are going on that you got control over. It's time for us to have a refresher course. And that's why God brings things back in the church because he loves you. He lets us know that the church have got out of order. It's little the penny any things, crazy stuff that we should be able to resolve. But when we waste our time on this penny any mess, the devil's having a field day. He's attacking someone that needs the strength that you have to help them to keep doing what they're doing. We have to stay in prayer, encouraging, lifting people up. Y'all, it's all about him. I have been, you have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who live in us. Let go of your pride. Let go of your jealousy. Let go of your envy. Let go of your offense. And grab hold to what this word is saying on today. And let's live this life that God has made available for us through Jesus Christ. Scripture, last scripture I'm leaving with you, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Listen at this. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. We're supposed to be lifting each other up in in the church. But woe to him who's alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. This is why I say this is dealing with walking together and agreeing. That's why he sent them out in twos. When one fell, the other one lift them up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now I want to go back to this one. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. That sounds like I contradicted about fornication, didn't it? But let me explain that. There was a time in the Bible, Lord, bring it back to my remembrance. If I'm wrong, I know I get some correction. Was it Abraham? 
I'm thinking it was Abraham. He was old in age. Abraham, David. Thank you, Sonia. He was old in age. He could not get warm. He had a maid servant that helped him, that looked out for him, and she laid beside him to keep him warm, but he did not have intimacy with her. She was a virgin. See, this is what I'm saying. We have to understand. See, some people would take that out. of. They would say, well, God told me you can lay down with me to keep me warm. And give them a verse of scripture to prove it. And then they they dumb enough to do it. Well, if the word said it, I don't see nothing wrong with keeping warm. Okay, lay beside, not connect. First Kings 1-2. So see, read that. Now see what King David done. He didn't do like he done with Bathsheba. He just needed to be warm. He was cold. Them bones cold. So we got to understand really what the word of God is saying. You got to have revelation when it comes to the word of God. You just don't take scripture and run with it. The Holy Spirit will reveal. He will give you revelation on it so you won't go out there and put somebody in error. Because a lot of people do it. We hear old people say stuff and they be contradicting. And we go out there and copy what they say. Ain't nowhere in this Bible. Know what the word of God is saying for yourself. Get revelation. Let it be revealed. Let it be made known. Once you get revelation, you can live it. If you don't have no revelation, you're just saying it. It's head knowledge. It ain't heart knowledge. And you can't live what you're saying because you're going to back off of what you said. But once that word is revealed, that's just how you live. God is so good, y'all. He's bringing you everything you need in this dying world. And the only thing you got to do is take it. Taste and see how good it is. Let it marinate. Let it get in your heart and start letting it come out of your mouth. And no matter what comes before you, it may shake you, but it ain't going to move you. Because all of us get shaken sometime, right? But we're still standing on what the word of God is saying. Miracle temple, there is strength in numbers. And when God give us something in this church, we need to come together. We need to be there for one another. Amen. We need to be lifting each other up. We don't need to tear people down because you don't like what they say or what they do. That's when we begin to bow our heads. That's when we begin to go to our brother and go to our sister and we close those doors. So whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. God is truly a good, 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 good father. Amen. And he's worthy. He's worthy of all praise. Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.